Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kia ora, everybody, and welcome back to... Welcome back to watch, maybe. Shmivy, is shmivy. that coming up? We hate it when Shmivy comes. We hate it when Shmivy enters the room and comes on the mic. But she does. She does occasionally, and here she is. And you are listening to your bona fide favorite pop culture podcast. I love that. They, I honestly, I know we've been saying it for months now, but I just love that it came out of nowhere. But now when people Was that email just us, just something that you just randomly said. Yeah. And now people, when they email us, do say you are my bona fide favorite. So it's like. Confirmation bias? Is that what it what is? Does bona fide even mean? I just think it means like legit. Okay. Like, yep, that was the bona fide best album. It's like verified. Yeah, verified. Legit for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. not like across the board legit, but. I love that like I've been using this term and we've been using this term and I didn't even know what the fuck <laughs> what it meant. What does bona fide mean? It could mean like your worst pop culture podcast. Your worst, worst favourite. Yeah, exactly. But you still come and you still listen every week. So thank you for being here. And this is actually our last one for the year. This is our wrap-up. It is, which feels weird because it's still, like, relatively... I mean, no, I guess it's mid-December, but it always feels like you should kind of be going up until Christmas Eve. Oh, which productivity culture. Literally, <laughs> hustle culture, which we actually do at Cisco. Yeah. Like, we are working up till the 23rd. Literally. But, um, yeah, for Culture Vulture, this is our last record of the year. So we kind of have quite a light episode. Our favourite moments, the best things we've consumed, maybe some things that you can watch, read, do, see here over the um, Christmas break. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a bit of a 2022 wrap-up, which yeah. is always fun yeah. and always great because we don't have to really research or prep yeah. anything, which is we just have to fantastic. Um, Liv, what describes your week this week? Oh, what describes my week <laughs> is confronting conversations, I think. That's not a very good pop culture term at all. I was going to say Taylor Swift's um, I'm the Problem. Wait. Uh-huh. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. No, I've been banned from singing on the pod, so. No, okay. I think we should bring the singing back. Yeah. I... um. So you guys won't know this, but I'm leaving to go overseas in March and I've booked my flights. Mic drop. Let's just give that a moment. Yeah. Because we've known this here at Cisco, obviously. For like a year. For like a year. So Liv is going to be going, traveling, doing her 25-year-old thing. She's not going to be on the pod next year. She won't be writing your little Culture Vulture newsletter. We do have amazing people that are going to step up. But they won't be live. So just preparing you for that. And if I'm fragile every week on the mic, <laughs> that'll be why that I live. That's why. a huge thing. It's a huge thing. It's a really big thing. I mean, I'm going by myself. I don't know how long I'm going for. I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm over there. It's very much just like me kind of upping and leaving my life because I just feel like I need to explore myself and yes. everything that I want to do. Um, but I think recently it's just been like setting in for me and it's coming the end of the year and it's just like a super reflective time and just like 
A lot. Just a lot. And like we, I think Lucy wrote about it in her newsletter this morning, but we went um, to our friend's batch for her birthday with like a whole group of girls and it was so nice. And then on the way back, it was like this three hour car ride. And like, we always do this. We just dive into the most ridiculously deep topics. Because we've been best friends, literally all of us. Since well, a, we were like year nine. Or we're literally like a decade. Yeah. yeah. And so we've got like this decade worth of like history and like. That's the, how you were then and this is how yeah. we are now. And I some kind, sometimes can't reconcile how you've changed or exactly. is what you want anymore. Like when you've got this really, really tight group of people that you love so much, but you've spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time with. And then like, you know, things feeling like it's coming to a bit of an end of an era and people changing and people like living their own lives now and it's just like all a lot and I just feel like that has just been coming to a head this week and I've just like not really been dealing with it very well. (laughs) I've just been in the center of like a whole universe of like forces Mm. and then like I feel like yeah we had really deep chats in the car but they all relied on like action items for Liv for to me I know which <laughs> was bizarre because it's all I mean it's always one person or I don't know it just feels like Liv you and I are usually giving advice we're not often receiving yes. and I think that's what I found so hard like was the fact that like it was like okay Liv well you need to think about this this and this and like these are <laughs> this all is the how things. this makes me feel and like we just got really deep to the point where we were like crying and shaking <laughs> I know it was just like fucking hell it was like 10 years of shit that we've like or like 10 years of love like 10 years of so love weird. Yeah. it yeah. just felt so like loving and emotional but also really confronting really confronting for sure and um so I mean we're not giving you that much no, to go off but I'm sure like a lot of people can relate to this yeah. especially if you've had a really close group of friends for a really long time and people changing and doing different things and like you all kind of you being want- in such close quarters yes and it's just a really interesting space and I'm sure it's such a universal feeling. Well, what's um, one thing we landed on is it's so hard to grasp, like, your friends know you so well and want the best for you and so they're often looking out for you, but then you know yourself better than anyone else. So it's like, okay, yeah, maybe that's what's best for me, but, mm. like, either let me figure it out or, like, I don't know, I find it it's hard not to get defensive. No, definitely, and then it's hard, like, balancing, like, having the strength and bravery to back yourself mm. but then also, like, caring about your friends and how they feel about you. Yeah. And, like, that kind of And their perspective line. on you because you know them so well. Yeah, exactly, like, mm. but then, like, realising that you are the only one that can live your yes. life. So, yeah, it's just it's just been a lot. <laughs> I'm like, well, I – my – um. Thing that described my week. It started off as DMCs, deep mm-hmm. and meaningful convos, mm-hmm. but then it actually turned into um, cars. Just cars. <laughs> cars describes my week. week. You will have heard last week we got on mic and we ran our mouths about live um, breaking down on the motorway, and then you would have heard karma pun got me because literally never had any issues on the motorway that night that day driving home. Popped my fucking tyre no, on the motorway. It was as Ruby and I were leaving work, we got a call from Lucy and we just had this like long podcast long- chat about like me and all my car issues and then being like, what the fuck? And then suddenly you will not fucking believe what's yes. happened. I mean, you, we played the audio, didn't we, yeah, last week? But it's actually just bizarre how the universe, because I believe mm. real strongly in the universe, I reckon. Mm-hmm. And that's actually fucked up that we'd never had motorway issues. As soon as you had it and we laughed about it and we told the world about it, I had it that day. I swear this always happens with everything, though. Like, one of us 
we'll do something and then it will happen to the other or <laughs> yeah. like or is it that yes. whole thing that now we're just aware but no yeah. that can't happen no. because you can't just break down the motorway because you're aware of cars yeah and um, so this is now merged into like some car anxiety to the point where today when I was driving to work I had to pull over twice once because I thought I could smell burning rubber and once because I was feeling every little thing in my car no, that's exactly what happened to me do you remember last no fucking was that when two years ago now here. yeah when we moved here and I just like me being the fucking driver I am hit the curb way too hard and basically popped my tire <laughs> and then every time after that I felt no. I felt like my car had a flat tire no, and I, I checked it for like every day for a month. It like, I couldn't listen to music on the way here because I was like, well, I need to listen to if my car's yeah. going doof, 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 doof because I've, bro- I've fucking popped my tyre. <laughs> I had to pull over twice. I actually felt like a mad woman. Yeah. Like, I was, like, sticking my head out the window, like, trying to check my tyres. Like, <laughs> so it's Like, you cause a fucking no, crash because no. you're worried about your tyre. Literally. So there was that that's obviously car-related. Yeah. Then, as Liv said, we had these fucking deep chats in our cars and then not to bring it back to the 1975, but like they have this whole era called music for cars. And I've been like listening to it heaps lately. And I'm like, everything to do with cars right now. Like I'm like, everything feels like it's happening. All these big life things are happening like in my in car. Like I'm car. falling in love with love it if we made it in the car. We're chatting in the car. My car's fucked. I feel like cars have always been a theme for us, but especially for you in terms of, do you remember like when we were younger and we used to like write songs and then, oh, but you would always use like heart, like, but cars, like we would go to my dad's car and play the song we'd written and recorded and listen to it. Yeah, literally, but like cars are such like a thing of independence and stuff when you're, you know, a teenager in a small town and you have no fucking way to get anywhere, then you get car license and life opens up sort of thing. Your life does open up. I remember turning 18 and like... Um, the person that I was seeing at the time who's now a really good friend like like we had a bottle of vodka and I just remember downtown Macklemore playing oh in the God. car me drinking you know that absolute vanilla vodka yes and how thinking, could I forget this is a core memory right now and like now, it, like, yeah. it was a core memory but cars or your parents would take you for a chat like any hard oh, chat oh my have. parents would car. corner me in the fucking Same. car Same. so everyone you don't grow out of it no if, if you're we're 25 now 10 years on from Getting our learners and cars are still cars are still this kind the main of character. freaky place to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna try and not make this too deep. It's because- just so funny because like you don't know who the fuck we are like unless you've I met know. us at one of these events. But like. You kind of know, like, this weird deep side of Lucy and I, but then you also know no context. So, like, Oi, I just think we're not going to get too deep. And then you're going, well, the thing is, none of you know who but we it's are. it's just funny, the concept of this conversation. Like, no, just, okay, this actually feels weird that we're sitting here having it on mic. Like, this is what we would do, just having a coffee. And now we're having it with all of you. But we've oh, given you no, like, no context. Why are they sitting down and talking to Liv? And, like, what's Lucy got to do with that? And, like, actually, like, I would find this so so frustrating to listen to if I were there. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, but look, we've got to protect our peace in some exactly. way because we don't have much of it. Um, but one way we do like to protect our peace is by consuming pop culture things and watching what goes on in the celebrity world. Actually, sometimes it ruins our lives. Not Yeah, that is true. You are killing the segues at the moment, by the way. Last week, you had segue after segue. Did I? Yeah, yeah, with Valve. And it was just like very much like, okay, we're directing the conversation, but it was like always a relevant segue. And I just thought, oh, quick and witty. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I also like... 
really want to ride on a Segway. Like, I think that oh. would be really fun. Like, sorry, that's that's not what we were talking about. But as soon as you started <laughs> saying that over and over again. Okay, no, I was about to go into another tangent. No. <laughs> Bad Segway. Ru- Liv ruined it by saying how good I was at yeah, Segways. Yeah, sorry, you should never bring up a good Segway. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> now I'm only picturing a good Segway. It's like chimpanzee riding on a Segway. Chimpanzee. Have you seen that? <laughs> no, but it's like custody favors. I know, <laughs> like a good Segway. I don't even know. <laughs> a good Segway. Anyway, I have two like of my biggest pop culture moments from mm-hmm. the year and for me. So these aren't things that we've consumed or whatever. These are just no. like things that happened. We're going to go through a whole bunch of them, but yeah. I want to start off with the two that felt groundbreaking for me. I'm so intrigued. This one I don't think is getting enough attention, um, which I hate when people say that, but mm. I think this was like one of the most meta and world weirdly defining things that happened was that this year in the middle of the Met Gala red carpet when the whole world was watching these celebrities and commenting on Twitter about what they were wearing and stuff, we had the leaked document that Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned. And so for me, a really defining part of this year was that we were all watching the Met Gala and celebrities on the red carpet and commenting on it. And at the same time, like reproductive rights for people like being able to get an abortion were being stripped and it was like, okay, this is America. We're focusing our attention on these fucking celebrities. At the same time, you've had the biggest step back potentially like in years and I just feel like that was a really pop culture Holy fuck moment. Did we ever talk about this? Yeah. On mic? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, I, we did an episode on celebrities reacting to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Yes, when yeah, yeah, yeah. Happened. But That's I think right. I might have brought it up in just a naughty or nice because it wasn't the fully it wasn't fully overturned, but it was the leaked document that was basically saying yeah. the majority opinion is. That is honestly like twenty twenty two in a nutshell, no. isn't it? It's like we're getting distracted. And like it's kind of like with the Kardashian PR machine and shit as well. It's yeah. like we're just constantly distracted by the sugary shit yeah. that they're trying to feed us and then like heavier shit is happening underneath. Yeah. But like the way that the celebrity and Hollywood and everything works in conjunction with the political kind yeah. of landscape. Or like we always say is like online, we're watching all this shit and like calling people out for yeah. saying a word wrong, we're saying this wrong, we're saying that wrong. Yeah. But then there's huge issues are happening. Yes. And because we're all fighting each other about stupid little cancel culture things, uh-huh. we are not putting our energy into the big fucking actual real issues going on. For sure. Left eating the left. It's something we always talk about on here. Yeah, and and like talking about the the Met Gala and then Roe v. Wade, it's very much like what this podcast is. Yes, in terms of, it's almost like we use it to our advantage because we want to talk about these bigger, heavier, systemic issues. issues, and then but we kind of have to coat it in the celebrity sugar because that's, that's how, how we, all we all work and that's how I work and that's how Loose works yeah. and like we know that like with human psychology we have to be like what's that term? Trojan horse. Trojan horse into caring, caring which is what we do at Shit You Should Care About. Yeah. It's like um, we will say something that will get you interested not in a clickbaity way no. but so that you you know are interested enough to read about and you have context that, and yeah. it doesn't seem as heavy as it yeah. maybe is and things like that but and i just think that's a huge huge contrast that roe v wade and um met gala thing that like i don't yeah. think has been studied nearly enough no and that's just such a good first story to bring yeah. to the table because it encompasses everything <laughs> and my second 
big, really groundbreaking one for mm-hmm. me this year was, um, and I'm probably going to mention it a million times, but the entirety of the 1975 and Maddie Healy kissing the fan on stage and me falling back into my like accidental really obsessed I that feel, it hurts era. Yeah, like you've connected with a part of yourself that you haven't connected with for a really long time. And like I love that for you. I love it too, but like I was telling Liv, like it makes me feel sick how like how much I like Matty Healy's brain and yeah. how much I want to interview him. Yeah. And how much I want to kiss him on stage. <laughs> it makes me physically sick and how much I think we would actually be such good friends. Like, like we would talk about we would such connect. good shit. But you actually would. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. Yeah. Enabled by millions of people. Oh, no. you, you should care about that. For sure. But like I can absolutely, like there's a reason why you're drawn to him. It's yeah. because he's got similarities to you. Like, but like yeah. realistically, I yeah. think. I mean, realistically, we'd be really good friends and we'd probably end up dating, but we just yeah. haven't po- like crossed paths Yeah, yet. that is exactly yeah. what has happened here. Nothing else yeah. has come in between you two. But I just thought, look, got to bring up a quite an intelligent uh-huh. thing. And then also, I can't lie to you all, that has been very defining of me and probably of my future. And that's that whole conversation of like shit going on in the world, global, 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 but really it's like the Sally Rooney book, that beautiful world, where are you? Yeah. And then how like at those those emails that they yes. write and then it's always about these big, huge global issues. And then... At the end paragraph is always, yeah, but I, you know, my relationship, this is yeah. what's happened or like yes. I got with so-and-so or whatever that is. And that's very much just what happened there. It's <laughs> yeah. like we can care about both things at once. Yeah. And, and again, not to bring it all back to Siska, it's what we always tell yeah. everyone. You can give a shit about so many things at once. We are walking embodiments of that. Liv, give me another big defining pop culture moment from the year. Um, a big defining pop culture moment of the year. I mean, I feel like for me, I kind of more grouped it into things that we had discussed because I went through basically every topic that Mm. we had talked about and the things that stood out to me as like defining of 2022 was TikTok trends, Mm -hmm. which we talked about a lot. That's me as a baby, my favorite trend. Yeah. So TikTok trends like really came out in full force. The That Girl versus Goblin Girl. We had the- Get goblin mode. We had the like TikTok in the music industry was a huge thing this year. We had like all of the drama unfolding on TikTok and people having crazy harsh opinions like this euphoria, Sam Levinson kind of thing. People using TikTok to try and like true crime their way into uh-huh. like self crimes and the stuff. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard TikTok thing. Like the intersection of politics and TikTok yeah. was really interesting. We covered that a lot. Kanye has had a fucking huge year in a really horrible way. Yeah. And we've talked about him a lot and just going through and seeing the amount of titles that we had with mentioning Kanye. Like his documentary came out. We went over that. We went over his mental health. We went over like now. Kim, Trump. Yeah. Like the Kardashian PR machine, but it's always got to do with Kanye. Yes. Like all of that. His latest bullshit, which I don't think we should even grace the podcast with because you know. No, exactly. And then I feel like Taylor Swift also had a really big moment on our podcast. I think Ticketmaster and the Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift thing is actually huge. So interesting. And I don't actually know what's the latest with that. I think a lot of fans are actually trying to sue her. Yeah. I don't think we've heard from any of the antitrust like legislation like what they're doing yeah for sure so those were kind of like the three big things that kept popping up throughout the year like obviously we had I've got some more to weigh in on yeah we had like infidelity which was like Ned from the Try Guys yes Adam Levine yes again I looked throughout what we'd covered this year infidelity was huge um we had 
Like, Britney was freed. Was it this year or last year? Britney was freed, I think, last year, but the Britney Jamie Lynn yes. thing, it was like we got Jamie yep. Lynn's take on everything and she released that book and it was just yep. like. Yep. Like you said, we had like big trials, Johnny and Amber, obviously. Yep. R. Kelly convicted. R. Kelly convicted. We had, I mean, we've just talked about Chris Brown, obviously. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been convicted for anything, but I feel like it's the kind of same yeah. line of thinking. We had the slap. At the Oscars. We had the slap. That was huge. We had the Elvis movie, which... Yes, that's going to come into my, like, things I've consumed. Yeah, and a lot of these things we had overlap, like, the Euphoria shit, because yeah. that was huge. But, like, the Elvis thing with the whole, again, systemic issues, and I feel like us analysing art in a maybe mm. more educated way kind of came in this year. I feel like we really had some breakthroughs with separating the art and the artist yeah. this year, which we really needed because we had the likes of Rex Orange County. We yeah. had the big Chris Brown conversation. We were almost forced to this year. I think yeah. it was a conversation that, you know, that's a really hard, nuanced, complex oh, And we recorded it twice because we, we wanted did. to be happy for all of you. For sure. To be basing some of your conversations on it. Yeah, I think I'm really proud of some of the things we've done in terms of like not shying away from these big conversations. We haven't had them perfectly, mm, but never. that's not the point of it is just to like open up and to have like the whole idea that we don't have to come to an answer. Mm. And I know we've said this a lot, but I think 2022 has definitely forced us to do that because there's been such huge things happening in the media yeah. that no one has an answer for. No. But it doesn't mean that you don't talk about them just because you – don't have don't an answer, have the answer. I think this year's felt different if I'm just thinking back to we did a similar thing last year. And, mm. like, last year we had some quite notable celebrity deaths. And oh. that's that's not saying that this year we didn't really, but I feel like this year we had, like, some directors and, like, like old Broadway, like, musicians and stuff like that. For but sure. this year has felt very different in terms of the, thing we, the things we focused on and, like, the, like, depth of things we went into. I feel like it's been a real unpacking year yeah. and like probably that's because of the consequences mm. of COVID and COVID no longer ruling our lives and us not being shut away so that we're not feeling like sorry for ourselves yeah. right now. It's like our life is back to normal but all of this huge shit has happened in the world that now we're kind of left to to deal with yeah. and like the way that we think about things is different and, yeah. and the way that information is being shared is so different with TikTok. Like, I just feel like TikTok yes. has really, really changed the game in terms of how people think about things. Oh, 100%, and will probably continue to. Mm -hmm. First of all, before I forget, Don't Worry Darling was another huge moment yeah. in, in the year and something, again, that we had to look deeper into and reconcile mm -hmm. our feelings and how we treat women and things mm -hmm. like that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, but I also feel like we grew up, obviously grew up because we've learned a bit more and we're a bit braver. And so we went into things like lawsuits like yeah. um we spoke quite a bit about using rap lyrics in like different lawsuits i know we spoke about interpolation last year but i feel like we had a 
like deeper understanding of definitely some of the legal stuff that goes on in the industry and people not getting paid or whatever. For sure, and then we had that whole like um, posthumous music conversation, which I think was last year, but it all. Wow. It's all it's like, all just learning. Yeah, because it's then, a snowball effect for Luce and I and, yeah. and hopefully for you as listeners. Like, you know, we're all learning about the world together, but everything's interconnected. So yeah. we just get a better understanding. Anyway, moving to the, like the top things we consumed this year. And we've yeah. really tried to keep it to things that were released this year. Mm. Sometimes maybe we haven't done that perfectly, but we've tried. Yeah. Um, I've separated mine into music and things I've watched and things I've read. Love that. Have you done anything? I've just more? sort of got you just put it all. Yeah. Okay. Well, music. Obviously, the 1975. This wasn't all this year, but the whole like everything they've ever done, music-wise. But in particular, love it if we made it. I know oh. that was big for you too. <laughs> well, big for me after you showed it to me. I just and... couldn't believe we hadn't heard a song of that caliber. Until we were 20 fucking five and it was released in what, like 2018? Yeah, so good. And obviously like the 1975 have come back into kind of the zeitgeist oh. because they've released a new album this year. And, and Maddie Healy is just huge on TikTok now. Yeah, and they're doing like really fucking good marketing for it, I but, guess, yeah. through Maddie Healy. Um, and now through Siska. <laughs> and now through, honestly, we fell hook, line and sinker and I'm happy about yeah. it. Yeah, more, I mean, we had Harry's House this year. I was going to say, Harry's House didn't make it onto any of my um, like – best things I consumed this year, but it made it onto like the Harry Styles listening party and the way we listened to that album with yeah. everyone around made that a defining moment in the year and I just didn't yeah. know where to put it. I agree. I feel like for me, music wise, no, it didn't. Like no. I enjoyed it. I enjoy the album. I actually like do listen to the record that we've got and mm-hmm. things like that. And it's easy listening album, but I think it was more the hype of the album. Yeah. Everything around the album, us getting to work with like so Sony and, cool. and then meeting people fucked. through it, which yeah. was amazing. Cinema is the only one that's like stuck with like me from made that it onto album. your playlist. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, which I don't know if people will hate that we said that, but again, we're not on here to not be honest. But yeah, listening to it with everyone was amazing. Um, Dotted Lines by King Princess. Yeah, that song. I've got King Princess's whole album. Yeah, on here. I just yeah. think that album was iconic. Yeah. American teenager Ethel Kane has quickly, I only heard it, what, two weeks ago, and it's made it to, like, top songs of the year potentially mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And then Ethel Kane's whole album and the world that she's built with yeah. that album. It's a really conceptual one, and I sat last night, and I listened the whole way through, and I was like, holy fucking shit. Fucking love listening yeah. to an album the whole way through. Yeah, Lucy showed me Ethel Kane literally yesterday, so I think I'm going to. Yes. Well, I did put it in the newsletter for last week yeah. because that was a Lucy recommendation, so I chucked it in there. Um, but I actually have to go and listen myself, but I like what I am hearing so far. Um, Dance Fever by Florence, Florence? and the Machine. That made it on there? Yeah. Like, to be honest, there wasn't a whole heap of 2022 albums. I know. Like, I'm not really I, – I think I've been deep diving yeah. into the past mm-hmm. a lot more than keeping up with what's been put in. I think just, like, the song King for me yes. is fucking amazing and the fact that we're going to go and watch her. The song Choreomania and, and the bridge, she said, she says, you said that rock and roll is dead, but is that just because it has not been resurrected in your image? Like, if Jesus came back but in a beautiful dress and all the evangelicals were like – Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, like, when I think about that, it just gives me fucking goosebumps. She's just so, like, oh, what's the word? Like, not quite spiritual, but so, so insanely whimsical. And I have her 
book with mm. like um, all of her kind of lyrics and poetry and drawings and doodles. And what I love about her is like she seems so young in her yes. like oh, she's got so much wisdom and wise words in there, but she's so playful. Yes, and she never obviously lost that like that uh, like youth. Yeah, that youth and that ability to play and that want to play and then she never shut that off. It's like Uh, what most adults would probably be like if we didn't have to go and get fucking corporate jobs. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think she really represents that. And I think we have a real vibe because so Florence and the Machine, we love her, but Mm. she's also going on tour with King Princess and we're going to see it and King Princess – like her album, I think, was better than Florence and the Machines. And then also Florence and the Machine was on stage the other day with Ethel Kane because they have really similar like vibes. vibes and almost voices. And then Maggie Rogers, who we also loved, like Maggie and Florence swapped background vocals for some of the songs on each yeah. of the albums, which were both released this and year. And that's an album that made it was Surrender yeah. by Maggie Rogers. So we have such a web that I can see mm. that maybe you wouldn't know if you didn't know that weird fucking yeah, intricacies. for sure. Of- I do feel like for me, though, like these are all very mainstream albums, maybe not Maggie Rogers, but usually I th- it's so interesting to see how your music consumption changes over time. Like there was a time a few years ago where like I would search for the new shit, like mm. the new underground stuff that like I would – You'd want to be first on. Want to be first on, yeah. It's probably like a thing of trying to be cool, really. We also have an episode on snobbery, which we actually unpack this with each other. Anyway. For sure. And then, like, as you get older, and then now I'm realising, like, all the only albums that have really made it to my ears have been the mainstream ones because I've been back back cataloguing a whole lot to try and, like, get more of an understanding of, like, music in general, I guess. And so... Yeah, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, Taylor Swift, all these things. But then I'm like, is that representative of my music taste? Like, I think it just shows that I haven't really... I don't think we focused on music, like, consumption this year that much. No, we've more unpacked the industry. But in saying that, like, I don't think these maybe are as mainstream as you think. Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't think Princess... And like Ethel Kane. Yeah. And like, yeah, there are some, like obviously 1950 and things like that. But I'm like, I don't feel like we listen to them for that reason. That's so true. That's but so also, true. But also, fine if we did, like, sometimes I see, like, Noah Kahan. I found him on yeah. TikTok, and he's one of the, like the best albums for me of the year, Stick yeah. Season. It's like folky and cool and country y, and it's so fucking cool. Yeah. It's all about New England. I don't know shit about New England, <laughs> but I'm like, Oh, there has been a beautiful part of me that mm. has just embraced seeing people on TikTok and then going and looking them up. Another one, My Ego Dies at the End by Jensen McRae. Found her on TikTok. That song, fucking, first of all, how great of a name is My Ego Dies at the End? Yeah, wow. I've never heard of her or the album. Um, she, the reason she came like sort of into the spotlight was because she wrote a song like that was as if Phoebe Bridges had written, I think as if Phoebe Bridges had written a song about getting the COVID vaccine. It was like about being in the parking lot or something. Yeah. And then Phoebe Bridges saw it and was like, holy fuck, so true. And she's an amazing songwriter. And then anyway, so TikTok has actually really informed some of my listening. Yeah. And I kind of love it. Because yeah. it makes my time on there feel more useful, I think, maybe. No, absolutely. And, like, I mean, that's what it's really meant for, isn't yeah. it? Like, you're discovery. meant to. Yeah, <laughs> discovery. Exactly. And, yeah, it's just been, I guess I don't use TikTok in that way. I just use TikTok in a really random way where I just have, like, this super, super calming feed of people painting 
um, cooking yeah. and like yoga. Yeah. And then I use that as like a way to like ground myself for 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Um, whereas I know that most people use it as like finding things and entertainment things, but I just find it overwhelming. So I, I can't. Mm. Um, one other music thing that I did like was the Everything I Know About Love soundtrack. Mm. For me, was I think like that was a fun way for me to explore new music because mm. I've not listened to soundtracks that much. Um, but every time I have, I found it really helpful. Like the High Fidelity soundtrack mm. a couple of years ago, I think in 2020. I didn't even like the show that much, but the soundtrack was really good. And it, you know how you get stuck in your own listening cycles. Oh, 100%. And I feel like that is a good way to to break that hell yeah speaking of everything i know about love mm-hmm. and soundtracks because heartstopper had a really good soundtrack yes. and heartstopper was one of the best things i watched this year absolutely and i know that everything i know about love is one of the best things you watch for sure just so up my alley i just love shit like that oh, i loved it too I, I, well, it made us romanticize our twenties for that. You know, when we we're watching it, yeah, like wh- how Love Island makes you feel a type of way when you watch that, and you feel like, no. I'm, honestly, you like dive into it. It's yeah. like do you it becomes have your have a more, lack like, of identity or something. Yeah, like no, I love it. I fucking love it because we had this really good night out. Like yeah. this one really mm. good night out where we were all like embracing our twenties. Yeah, we actually called it like the romanticize your twenties, like, like night, night out, out. and it was we were really just like all on one. It was hilarious. We were so on one. Um, I also have to say Drive to Survive was really oh, a yeah. formative yep. and big good watch like the whole season and then Formula One as a whole. Uh-huh. It was another sort of obsession in the yep. year. Yeah, love that. How did Midnight's Oh, have you gone back to music? Oh, well, oh, yeah. (laughs) My list is kind of just, like, fucked. But did you... I'm not going to lie. Midnight's didn't do it for me. And unfortunately, I think it's because I've been so deep in being foreign in a funny language. Yeah. Which is the 1975's latest album and their whole discography. And then Ethel Kane, who was the only one that could even remotely and kind of Noah Kahan, make a dent in that 1975 listening. True, true, Taylor Swift couldn't do that, except for Midnight Rain, only because I feel like... I feel like it was produced with Maddie Healy, who he has said he did help produce some of those songs, but they never made the cut. Oh. Um, but I feel like Midnight Rain is kind of giving 1975. That must be such a frustrating thing when you've worked on, like, songs with someone and then you, like, hear the release of the album yeah. and not even fucking I know. And, but he was like, and she's like, no, no, it's fine. Like, she's an amazing songwriter. Like, I'm obsessed. But, yeah, like, we did hear it because we worked on some of the songs. Like, Yeah, and, and that's just what happens, yeah. right? Yeah. What about I, Midnight's for you? Because I know Red dominated our, last, our yeah, last years. Midnight's, it made a very quick, like, flash in the pan sort of moment and then it died away very, very fast. I think it's quite funny the way that we talk about things on this podcast and we'll go quite hot and heavy first off and it will have just come out and we'll be like, yeah, like blah, 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 blah. And then we won't talk about it for like a month or whatever and we'll come back and our opinions will have like completely changed, yeah. which I think is what happened with Harry's house as well. Yes. Which is really, really funny. Yeah, that is what happened because normalise changing your opinion based on learning new information. Absolutely. Or just like listening to it more and hearing other things and being like, okay, like that bit yeah. drop down the ranks. Or just um, longevity. Like some pieces of art just don't have longevity in your life and yeah. that's absolutely fine and that was very much Midnight's for me. Same. Um, um, one thing just on that note, yeah. slight tangent, is, and this is fucked up, but Brittany Broski yeah. came under fire because she is known for being a really amazing fan of things. Like, yeah. you know, normalizing being a fan of things. She's also lucky because she's sort of in that world where she gets yeah. to meet these people. But she listens to a lot of music. She's actually a really good singer, and but she's a big fan of all different genres. She's from the South. Like, uh-huh. she just listens to so much. And right now, she is under, like, extreme 
well, extreme. It's not extreme. It's just the internet speaking. Fire. Because on her Spotify wrapped, mm. Harry Styles didn't feature. And such a big part of her brand, like us, is being yeah. a Harry Styles fan. But it's like she also loves so much music and people are coming for her for not being a good enough fan or not living up to their expectations in their head. So they like are like, you're lying and you're capitalizing yes. on this trend. And it's like, That's no. That's just not the case. Like, stop being so fucking cynical yeah. about people. Like, and protective and like tearing people down when they don't fit this idea you've made in your yes. head. It's what we do with celebrities. It's so fucking toxic. I like, know, it's and awful. People are allowed to like say things and do things and fucking change their minds and change yeah. their opinions. Like, you can't hold someone to a standard that they said, yeah, maybe she's once been like oh Harry Styles is my favourite artist like yeah. but, but you, and like oh you're allowed to love multiple things at once yes. like that's how I feel a little bit like um, there's been a few messages about I haven't seen Harry on your feed lately is that because you love fucking Maddie Healy and I'm like do you know what I love them both right now I'm deep in an obsession with this person that's brain actually feels a little bit more like mine yeah. Harry doesn't give us that much of himself so like you can't blame me for deep diving on yeah. something that does but I'm I don't relate to Brittany Broski in that that much mm. but you know when we have said certain things that aren't even critical of Harry like has he ever had a flop outfit yeah we have felt this it's just such a toxic black and yeah. white sort of thinking and people just need to check themselves because yeah. that's a bit fucked yeah so um, anyway just a wee tangent but we're back to things we've watched tinder swindler came out this year oh yeah I didn't like it I just felt like I think I took these as more like defining yes. moments for the year rather than like defining moments for me, if that so makes sense. So when we're doing things you've consumed this year, <laughs> you went into things you didn't really like, but they defined something. But I think it's a good call because we yeah. also had the Anna Dalvey scam thing and mm-hmm. had a bit of a scam or was that something I different? think the Tinder swindler really was well it was a defining moment for me not in terms of me like loving it so much but it really impacted all of the content I was listening yeah. to like every ah. podcast I, I listened to was obsessed with the Tinder swindler like right. you know how yeah. there are those cultural moments very much the Johnny Depp and everything. Amber Heard that just permeate everything yeah exactly and that very much was one just like midnights kind of as i've talked about i think it's because this year there hasn't actually been a whole lot of stuff where i'm like that's my fucking favorite thing ever yeah except for the white lotus yeah the white lotus i mean we get the finale of it tonight Mm -hmm. which i'm so excited for um that's obviously a standout i feel like euphoria season two was a standout only because it made you and i think really hard oh i loved euphoria season two i think i yeah, it made Beautiful. us think hard, fucking stunning. It made us fact check a lot of rumours, which yes. I always quite like doing as being like, where has this come from? Yes. And can we find the root of it or has people just run with this yeah. about Sam Levinson? Oh, absolutely. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Did that you watch that? Was, yes. It was fucking incredible. Oh, no, no, sorry. That's no. I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of the Scandinavian movie. Oh, the Norwegian one. in the world. Yeah, I really liked that. But I've never seen everything oh. everywhere all at once, but I've heard so many good things amazing. about it. Coda. Yeah. Did you ever watch Coda? No. About, so Coda's amazing. Again, it's about a um, a girl who grows up and her whole family's deaf yeah. and she's a singer. And yes. so it really, it's really emotional and it obviously like is, you know, how can you support me when you can't hear what I do? But yeah. they still, oh, and, and then at the end, like, 
not to spoil it, but there's a recital and she sings and signs at once. Oh, and yeah. then it's, it's, I don't know, it's just emotional. It was amazing. Oh, that's so good. I had Gaslit, which I don't know whether you watched. I didn't watch. Which I really, really enjoyed. It was the one with Julia Roberts and mm. Sean Penn and it's about the Watergate scandal. Yes, oh, and I need to watch that. Honestly, like I've been so shockingly bad at watching things this year and not many things have kind of held my attention. That was one where I did like watch it by myself yes. and I carried on with it. We've actually been, maybe it's because we've had a bigger work here or something or like, I don't know, but yeah, yeah we haven't consumed so much. Mm-mm. Was King Richard this year or was it, it must have been last year? I think year. that was last year. Turning Red. Did you ever watch Turning Red? Yes. I don't usually, the only reason this made it on there is because I don't really love animated movies, but Turning Red, I think because it was all about the shit I harp on about every day is like young women being fans. I things. loved Turning Red. I thought it was so cute and so And how great. funny this was in, what was it, Four Town? Is that what the band yeah. was called? I had, um, it was slightly back to music, but concert, as in Billie Eilish's concert and oh. then also Joy Crook's yep. concert. Like, they were the two that have stood out. stood out and pretty much the only two, like, mainstream artists yeah. that I've been to this year. Um, Elvis. Elvis, mm-hmm. like, watched it twice. We had a really good yeah. conversation. I feel like I learned I learned so, so much. much, so much from the um, analysis and critique yes. that was going on in the, on the internet about Elvis. Which and is, like, my favourite part sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um, I think what I want to do in 2023, which I kind of tried to do this year, but it didn't really succeed, is um, when, because you know, like the world is so overwhelming and you want to learn about all of these different things, but it's really hard to like go out of your way to do so. So an amazing way of learning about things is as they come up, like Elvis, then just like researching the context around the things that you're watching and you're listening to and whatever. And therefore you learn as you're consuming instead of being like, oh, today I want to learn about this really random thing that has nothing to do with anything else in my life right now. But like, Which is funny because we probably do that more than the average person because we actually have to for yeah, our job. which is what I love so yeah. much about but this podcast. Sometimes it never – I get that with books mm. and because my mind's like a sieve and I know mm. I've loved a book but I actually don't recall yeah. it ever. I'm yeah. like, I should actually – I know it's creating more work but I should be taking notes on yes, each no, book Yes, no, literally. I, I actually bought a like a journal to, to do, do this that. and like I did it a little bit. So um, I've done it with – a few things? Yeah, should like a few more. things should do it with more because I get so much more out of it and it yeah. actually does stick in my memory if I write about it yes. or just like learn a little bit about the history. Like I'm I'm reading a yes. book called um, Homegoing at the moment, yeah. which is about like the Ghana slave trade, which I know absolutely fucking nothing about. But it's like I – as I'm reading it, I'm trying to like research a little bit and about it. And like, conceptualise. And conceptualise. Con- yeah, yeah, contextualise like the 1700s in Ghana. But because yeah. it's – Actually, still so relevant to today. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I would never do that if I didn't read that book. Yeah, and that's kind of a way of Trojan horsing. It's like you're yeah. picking a piece of content that you know is going to be beautiful, and then that's how you're learning. I mean, yeah. we're not sitting here to mansplain the, how good books are. No. Because that's actually the point. <laughs> but I think, books. like, my whole life I've just, like, read something, yes. watched something, next thing. Loved like it, love thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of books... The best things that I've read this year, mm-hmm. which, again, what me and Liv were saying, actually hasn't been a lot of books mm-hmm. that I've loved this year, and that's because I haven't had the, made the time. Mm-hmm. But I have two articles that are really defining, and I would love everyone to read them. Um, oh, yeah. Why the past 10 years of American life have been uniquely stupid. And this is just, like, why we're all arguing now, why we're why everything. Yeah. It has this 
um, analogy that has stuck in my mind is that, and it's kind of like what Duncan talks about the monoculture, and he yeah. sent me this piece, is like we all used to be looking into one mirror mm-hmm. and we would all be looking into it and we'd see ourselves back and we'd see each other back and we'd all be seeing the same reflections, which not a good thing or a bad thing, but we were all on the same page. And now it's like that mirror has smashed. It's all over the ground. Everything's fragmented. We're all looking into our own little reflections and picking, you know, what we want to see. And we're only seeing ourselves and what we think Mm -hmm. back. And it's why it's so hard to find middle ground with everyone is because there is a smashed mirror on the ground forcing us to have no, like, consolidated view of the world. I know this sounds, like, really wonky and, like, it's not political. It's just I don't usually like to read about psychology but when it has to do with the media and mm. it has to do with like culture this is just it's well, a I think piece. it has to do with everything yeah. because it's literally the way that you see the world is through the media you consume and the people you're around yeah. and so I mean we've talked about echo chambers a lot and this is kind mm. of like echo chambers are very much um a outcome like, of yeah. this but also like it can be really scary because I think we grew up watching the news, having that like 7pm monoculture mm-hmm. thing, like reading the newspaper, whatever. Everyone would be on BBC, New York Times. There was like yeah. the few bits of media that everyone just agreed, which isn't the best, but like no. you were all seeing the same news. And so a lot of people had really similar opinions. And so it made the world easier for the people that prescribed to the kind yeah. of standard hegemonic yeah. um, opinion. opinion. And like it made it so, so, so shit for minority groups. Yes. And then so now this fragmentation is probably better for... Amazing. For amazing in so many ways for us like... And for us as a young media like up and coming company yes. that could have a voice in this really fragmented... Yeah. And understanding the world and understanding different perspectives if you're open-minded. But if you're still like a kind of, not even it's just if you're a closed-minded person, but if you're someone that doesn't understand the complexities of what's happening and you still think you're living in a monoculture. If you can't see the smash mirror and you think everyone's looking at the same thing as you are. Then it's fucking confusing Mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of... Conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. and like, anyway, that um, piece is on The Atlantic. I'll link it in the show notes. I just wish everyone would read that. The second piece, there's only two articles that actually... Again, articles, because I write the news that I have a million every week. Yes. None of them really stick. No. But then this article was written in Vox called Everyone Wants Forgiveness But No One Is Being Forgiven. Mm-hmm. And it's about cancel culture, but it's not annoying. Like, does cancel culture exist? Does it not? Like, yeah. whatever. It's like it explains grace and how we should use grace and where it should come in. And not like um, – not <laughs> Chris like, Brown and Chris um, Brown, no, Kelly Rowland. Not like what Car- Kelly Rowland was saying at all, which is why I think people need to read this piece so you know you can't just blanket we should give grace to everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of helping to form a worldview about cancel culture, which I haven't been able to put into my own words. So yeah. I think, yeah, I'll, again, I'll link that. And Bell's Chimes Oh, have Bell's been huge Chimes this have, year. Yeah, they've um, – because I actually studied poetry at uni. I started off doing English literature and I took this poetry paper and I think ever since then, because it was just so fucking hard, <laughs> I just was really put off shit like that. But like um, Bell's Chimes have really brought back like, oh, this is why you yes. read things like this, which because they're more accessible for sure. Yeah. They're poetic um, and sometimes they're actually poems, but yeah. sometimes they're just poetic thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like... It gives you that feeling that that good poetry gives you. It feels like soft or something. Yeah, you feel feel looked after. 
And then book-wise, Still Life by Sarah Winman. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Made me want to go to Italy, so next year I'll go to Italy mm-hmm. because of that book, which yeah. I tell you now it's quite defining. The Echo Chamber by John Boyne, who that's quite fitting actually to what we've been discussing lately. Yeah. He wrote The Boy in Striped Pajamas, and it's a completely different book for him, but Liv, yeah. I think you should read it because it's so fucking My good. dad has told oh, me yeah. to read it quite a few times. Yeah, no, definitely. I um, My dad always gives me like literature um, recommendations, yeah. but he's one of like his reading level is so much higher than me. Mm. He's one of these people that read like a book a week yeah. and always have, which is amazing. And I'm just like, how the fuck do you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think John Boyne's one of dad's favorite oh, authors. Such a good book. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Did you have any book recommendations? Books? I read um, And the Mountains Echo by Khaled Hosseini, who wrote The Kite Runner oh. and. Um, a Thousand Splendid Sons, which A Thousand Splendid Sons is one of my favourite books of all time. And he's just such a gorgeous writer. Mm-hmm. And again, learning about things that you just never know about, you know, like if everything that was happening with Afghanistan mm-hmm. and the Taliban and is still happening. Is still happening. Say. And which is really interesting because you read these books and the political state has changed so much since these books were written. Um which is quite confronting. Mm. But that was really, really beautiful. Um, A book that I haven't finished, and I I don't know if I'll finish it, but The Body Keeps Score, I know this is all over TikTok and Mm -hmm. things like this. This is a book about trauma. But I would definitely recommend people read it if you struggle with um, anxiety or things like that because it can be really comforting if you're Mm. open-minded enough to... To want to understand why your body reacts in certain ways to certain traumas. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole, like, knowledge is power sort of thing. And then on a really different tangent, Carrie Soto, um, I went through a real major dry spell of reading. And I think it's because I was reading quite a lot of, like, nonfiction books, which I was – it's not that I was forcing myself to read them. I think I was in an era where I wanted knowledge. Yeah. But then it kind of, like, burned me out a little bit and then I didn't want to read. Yeah. And then Carrie Soto is just, like, it's a really – easy read it's called Carrie Soto is back it's by Taylor Jenkins mm -hmm. Reid who you know she wrote Daisy Jones and the Six the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo yes yeah 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 Yeah. it's amazing it's just so good and like it's just like one of those books where you're in the car and you're reading it you're like you have a spare five minutes you get out the book like and I just that feeling I haven't had in so long um and in my head it's like King Richard, you know, King yes. and it's yeah. like I can't, and it's kind of nice. You can't really divorce the two, but it, you can. But it just means you have a really good image of yeah. Carrie Soto. She's a tennis star. It's amazing. It's oh, a really definitely. Good I feel like a tennis in two thousand twenty two has kind of made a comeback. Like my family is obsessed with it, and I yeah. always absolutely rejected it. Yeah. Um, and now I can kind of see why they like it so much. Also, yeah. like Leanne Moriarty's Apples Never Fall. Yes. I think that was a twenty twenty one book, yeah, but very was. much on the same same wavelength. wavelength. We should have done, we didn't do this, but we mm-hmm. should have done like what describes our year. You know how oh, we come with yeah. what describes our year, what describes our year, but fuck. Um, I can't think of one on, on mic. Yeah, this year's been a lot, this, been, uh, uh, this year has had a lot of different chapters. Yeah, I, I feel like it's been like the end of an era for you mm-hmm. in terms of like this life and needing to go and find what's best for you. So maybe yeah. like, a closed chapter. Yeah, a little bit for sure. Um, 
Yeah, that is probably what describes I don't describes know what the fuck it. it is for me. Phoenixing. I've actually, I think maybe phoenixing is what describes my year. Which yeah, I feel like you've really, like, it's been this overall phoenixing. Yeah. Um, which is really cool and exciting. And I yeah. just, like, a consistent phoenixing, yeah. which is really nice. Whereas, like, there's been, I mean, you've heard on the mic, there's been mm. definite lulls and definite, mm-hmm. like, we've all been, you've listened to us go through it this year. Yeah. But I actually feel like, the lulls have mostly been when I'm either burnt out or bored. But sometimes it's like, well, burnout's kind of necessary yeah. for me, I think, because I will just not learn. I'll run myself to burnout. Yeah. And bored is fine because, like, right now I'm not actually bored, but it's just that I'm not doing anything, like, wild. I think it's because Lucy's used to living such a stimulating life yeah, yeah. that, like, when there's kind of any moment of reprieve, it feels... I probably just need medication. Like... No, no, I think, I think like... It's that kind of ingrained, like, needing to progress and yeah. needing to learn more and do more, um, which we've been fighting against this year. And so it's actually yeah. really nice that you've come to this kind of thing where you're like, okay, like, I'm in a really good place. Nothing's happening. Um, it's kind of fine. You've kind of been trying to get to, I think. <laughs> and now you're here, which is what happens yeah. to everyone. Like, we're just like, okay, I'm here. Like, what next? Yeah. Um, Whereas you have a big next. Mm. You have a big, like, blank page. Yeah, I have a huge blank page, which... I'm excited about, um, but it's also overwhelming. Fuck yeah. And don't worry, everyone. Fear not. Liv will still be here for the first few months mm-hmm. of next year. She's not just coming on this mic and saying goodbye yeah. and ditching. <laughs> we're um, going to ease me out for yeah, sure. We're weaning her out. And, and I'm we'll... sure you'll get updates about me and things oh, like that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's almost going to have to be a segment. Like, yeah. and this is what <laughs> fucked up thing Liv texts me Liv, from yeah. Europe this <laughs> yeah. week. Um, Liv, I didn't bring anything on my radar. Um, on my radar... I was just listening to Alabama Shakes. Oh, I'm um, and oh, you should definitely okay. listen to them. Um, oh, actually, I like. I think you like it quite solely. Maybe I won't. Rolly, maybe you won't. I like pop and sort of country. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I don't know. Like oh. South South American. Oh, okay. sort of, I don't. You know what's on the radar? American, but yeah. <laughs> Not to bring up our band, just at the very last, the very last moment. We, we almost made it through the episode uh, without fuck. the band coming up. We have our band. Um, we're playing at the Christmas party. Our first proper <laughs> our gig, gig, gig at the Christmas gig. party. At the Christmas party. for the other people that we work for. <laughs> no, honestly. But um, if you see an article on the spinoff about this really up and coming cool new band, it'll probably be it us. It will be us. So and and looking forward to cocooning a little bit. Over. Oh, I can't wait to cocoon. I don't know when that will happen. Yeah, neither. But, but it's on the radar. It's definitely it's on the radar, like. for sure. Anyway, team, we hope you have the most amazing summer break. Mm-hmm. If you celebrate celebrate Christmas, we hope you like have a big sleep and eat a lot of food, because that's what always happens on mine. If you don't, I hope you just surround yourself with some fucking happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Just take a day off take, here or there. Just everyone, just please go and have a chill one. Yeah, just have a chill we one. Have a chill one. Yeah. Thank you to our angel, T.I.H. Butler, who's joined us to produce this episode. Um... He's not been here in a while, so it's been really comforting having him back. <laughs> Liv, thank you. Thank you, Lucy. It's been great. It's been great, and let's hope for no car issues over the summer. Oh, my fucking God, touch, touch wood. Touch Bye, everyone. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.